This is the Liberal Europe podcast by ELF. Bringing liberal ideas into the political debate. This week with Ricardo Silvestra. Hello. Hope you're doing very well. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. We're back with our regular episodes. A big thank you to Elle for renewing the project. And of course, to my friends in Woods at Liberty Foundation to be a trusted partner in this journey. For today's episode, I bring back Nathan Albahadi. He is the International Secretary of the Serbian Liberal Party Movement of Free Citizens that we already had on the show on episode 148 to talk about liberalism in Serbia. This time we're going to go into the latest elections in Serbia, both nationally and for the city of Belgrade. And you will notice there is a moment in the conversation that Nathan mentions the international help and, of course, the work done by liberals. And in this, Renew Europe is one of the most active in trying to help our liberal Serbian friends. And therefore, we just had a call for transparent international investigation on irregularities on the election. And I will link that declaration from Renew on the podcast show notes. But now, with no further ado, I bring you Nathan Halbahadi. I'm here with Nathan Albahadi. Nathan, thank you so much for coming back to the podcast. You're welcome and uh, happy to to be here and uh, to have the chance to talk to you again. Oh, yes. I'm very happy to have you back. We uh, Last time we talked on the podcast, uh, like I said in the intro, we were in beautiful Bratislava. And let's get into the meat of it because our listeners already know you or they could go back to the podcast where we first talked. Tell us how are things in Serbia right now? You know, Rick, it's been now uh, just over a month. We had the elections on December 17th of uh, last year. And uh, they were, well, simply to say they were not very good elections. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in the sense of uh, the the result. Uh, we can get into that a bit later. But uh, the uh, the way that these elections were, uh, were handled, were run, uh, were anything but free or fair. And uh, it has left uh, a very bitter taste uh, in our mouths. It has left uh, a very sort of negative uh, atmosphere in the country because uh, especially uh, in the city of Belgrade, uh, we we witnessed the stealing of the elections in front of our eyes. Uh, And we'll get more into that uh, uh, later. But overall, people uh, are are feeling they're feeling a bit uh, a bit defeated. Uh, you know, it's uh, after so much efforts, after all of the protests uh, and mobilization of voters and uh, getting out uh, all our voters and basically um, s- seeing uh, what this government was was ready to do and capable of doing to make sure that the results went their way has just uh, left us uh, in a very in a very uncomfortable position. Um, and for, for Serbia uh, as well. After the, the election of the 17th, we had daily protests until the new year. Uh, we had thousands of people in the streets uh, battling the cold. We had some very, very cold days. People were out every single evening in front of the Electoral, Com- electoral Commission uh, fighting for our rights, fighting for our, our basic democratic rights uh, to make sure that um, there was no foul play. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, there was. But on the other hand, Nathan, and I can hear in your voice, and I'm sure our listeners too, that you you do feel 
saddened by the situation. But on the other hand, and I'm the eternal optimist, maybe it's because of the sun in Portugal, you are <laughs> dealing with the cold now, which is people were in the streets. And as you mentioned, there was a mobilization of Serbians and, and democratic Serbians. So there's a little bit of a silver lining in there. Would you agree? Yes, yes I, I fully agree, because if we look at the actual results, Uh, what we see is, and in spite of the poor electoral conditions, and in spite of no access to media and the domination of the of Alexander Vucic in the ruling party, our coalition, PSG, my party, was part of a coalition called Serbia Against Violence, mm -hmm. uh, which was created uh, after the tragic mass shootings uh, last May uh, in uh, in Belgrade, where in an elementary school where we had uh, a number of uh, children teachers uh, killed. Uh, and the following day, we had another mass shooting right outside of Belgrade, uh, and another uh, 10 or so young people lost their lives. So we had two mass shootings, which are not very common for Serbia, uh, mm -hmm. happen within 24-hour period. Uh, and out of that uh, resulted a sort of a consensus that uh, the pro-democratic, pro-European parties Uh, need to unite uh, and we led these protests called Serbia Against Violence that mm -hmm. uh, uh, blaming the atmosphere in society, the um, blaming it, of course, on the government uh, for creating a society where you glorify criminals, where you glorify war criminals, where mm -hmm. you glorify all of the, the ills one shouldn't uh, and creating a, 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 an acceptance through television, through media, uh, through their speeches, that violence is okay. Mm -hmm. And this was our, uh, uh, with the citizens, you know, and so on certain days we had uh, almost 100,000 people on the streets for months uh, last summer uh, protesting against this type of culture. And mm -hmm. uh, this uh, protest then grew into the coalition called Serbia Against Violence, uh, where PSG was, was uh, part of that. And this coalition of um, eight political parties and a couple of smaller movements achieved the best result at these elections since 2012 when uh, the, the ruling party came to power and Vucic came to power. Mm -hmm. So we achieved for the first time in over 10 years a result of almost 25% in the national elections, receiving almost 1 million votes. And in the city of Belgrade, uh, achieving a result of about 35% uh, and also considered one of the best results a pro-European coalition had received on this level. So mm -hmm. in spite of all of the, uh, the, the bad electoral conditions, we had a pretty good result. And that you're right. And that is something that we perhaps uh, have failed to communicate as well because of the, the shock that we lost Uh, especially city of Belgrade elections, which was uh, our our sort of fertile ground to to win, and that uh, every indicator showed that we were going to win the city of Belgrade elections, uh, and then the evidence started coming out of uh, of the irregularities, uh, which did not lead to that win, but. I think it's important for us, both here domestically in Serbia and, and for our audiences uh, abroad, to show that when the opposition is unified, when the pro-European opposition is unified, uh, when we have a clear message, we're able to get results. 
but before that, let's stay with Serbia against violence again, because I, I, I'm a close observer of European politics and I follow what happened in Serbia. And also because I have this contact with you and I know your party, actually, I know the leader of your party also. So my question to you is thinking about the coalition Serbia against violence. And, and you just said you, you guys had 25 percent at the national level. What is the status of that coalition? Is that coalition something to move forward and grow even bigger? Or this disappointment, this dissolution could affect a little bit? I'm asking that, Nathan, because what, I've, what we see in Hungary, for example, you know, the beaten down of the pro-European, pro-democratic parties. Look, at this moment, I think because we're, we're, doing, we're leading sort of a joint fight, uh, the coalition uh, will... Uh, will stay united for the foreseeable future, mm -hmm. uh, especially because we have regular local elections that need to happen uh, by the uh, by June of this year. What we're doing right now is we're pushing for the Belgrade, Belgrade elections to be uh, canceled, uh, to be annulled, and for new elections to take place in Belgrade, where we would also, as a coalition, move forward with mm -hmm. that. Um, the coalition, however, is not going to replace our individual parties. Uh, because the coalition comprises of, uh, for example, us as liberals, we have two different green mm -hmm, parties, mm -hmm. we have uh, one very big social democratic party, one smaller, we have two conservative parties, mm -hmm. and a couple of local movements there as well. And so this coalition was never intended to, to swallow up all the parties and create one big, uh, uh, one big unified party it was always meant to be a alliance of uh, of us as, as pro-european and pro-democratic parties and i'm certain that moving forward this cooperation whether we're going to still call it serbia against violence or have a different name or a different arrangement um will some sort of arrangement will continue i'm certain about that uh but at the same time we also want to make sure to offer uh, citizens uh, that we didn't unify just because we want to overthrow Vucic, no, because we have a program and plan we want to offer the citizens of Serbia uh, and have a positive uh, vision for the future, uh, that we want to perhaps just have a different lens, you know, a liberal lens, a green lens, a social democratic lens, or a conservative lens uh, to offer to, to the voters. But in this, uh, what this election has shown is that working together can uh, bring about results. So let's talk about this unjust conditions. What does this mean to you? How much unjust the conditions were? Well, you have two types. You have one that happens before election day and you have one that happened that, that happens on the election day itself. So the the unjust conditions ahead of the elections uh, would be, for example, the absolute control of the media and mm -hmm. the lack of the media freedoms in Serbia. Uh, so uh, you have all of the national frequencies, all of the tele television frequencies, uh, given to pro-government uh, TV stations. Uh, you have the national broadcaster, which has been completely uh, captured by the ruling party uh, and uh, has no objective reporting and does not give the opposition the amount of minutes and times a objective national broadcaster is supposed to do. 
Now, some might say, well, is television really that important? Are national frequencies still very important? Well, for Serbia, they are. Uh, you have uh, a majority of people, especially older people, that still utilize television and watching the evening news as their main source of information. That's not to say they don't use social media and have other sources, but polling has shown to us and data has shown to us that uh, a vast majority of citizens still look to the evening news, either on the state broadcaster or one of the main commercial net, net channels, uh, as their main affirmation of the information news they have received uh, previously during the day or during the week. So having access to national media is extremely important. Uh, and this is something where the opposition is just not given that, that access. Uh, for, this, for these elections, we saw now a new phenomenon which was happening both uh, before the elections took place and on election day itself and uh, this phenomenon is what we call and what the the reports have talked about uh, migration of voters and what does this mean basically evidence has now uh, been coming up in the last month or so through various watchdog organizations and investigative journalists that have shown that the someone, the rule, well, the ruling majority over the past year was tinkering with our electoral list, especially the electoral list uh, for uh, for the city of Belgrade. Uh, what was happening is that uh, individuals who no longer live in the country or have not voted for many cycles suddenly were being removed from the election list mm. in the city of Belgrade. And voters from different parts of the country or voters with Serbian citizenship but living in, say, Bosnia-Herzegovina or Montenegro or Kosovo or North Macedonia were now somehow appearing on this list for voters in the city of Belgrade, but with them having no residence in the city of Belgrade. So when you look at the top line numbers, you see that the, the actual voter number of voters didn't really change, but a couple of thousand, which is not a it's a st not a statistically significant uh, number. But when you look deeper into the numbers, and you find that tens of thousands of people were removed from the list, and tens of thousands of others added to the list, who then on election day were bussed into Belgrade from parts of Serbia, where no local elections were taking place, and from parts of Bosnia-Herzegovina, especially Republika Srpska, Montenegro, and North Macedonia, coming to the city of Belgrade to cast ballots. And this number is approximated somewhere around 30, 40, 50. We're still trying to figure the exact number, but in tens of thousands, which corresponds to the difference mm. in the vote that the ruling party got compared to our coalition. And this, you know, we had we had uh, journalists, this was also, the observers saw that, and, and uh, this was recorded. You have the Belgrade Arena, our largest sport or sports arena in, in the city, where dozens of buses were rolling up, hundreds of people were being uh, sh basically uh, bussed in the arena, Inside the arena, we had recordings where there were uh, queues and people waiting, depending on your name. You get a piece of paper, you get instructions where to go and where to cast your ballot. Then these people leave the arena and you have recordings of them have never been to Belgrade before asking locals where the street is, where, they, where the school is, where the polling place is that they need to go to. 
So these are people with no right to cast a ballot coming to Belgrade uh, in an organized way voting. What was your analysis then of the European European community of countries? I'm not just mentioning the European Union, but the community of European countries, because as you know, the Western Balkans have uh, countries that are not part of the European Union. How did you felt the, the reaction now the other way around, you from inside the country looking out? Let's put it this way. The only European leader that congratulated uh, Vucic on the elections was Viktor Orban. Surprise, surprise. Uh, no other leader, no other institution offered the type of congratulations uh, that we have usually seen in the past after elections were done in Serbia. And the very critical comments coming from the observers, uh, their press conference the day later was significant uh, because they laid bare everything they saw. And We, we, you know, we didn't mention here, but there was the, the regular vote buying, the ballot stuffing, the group voting, uh, influences on voters, non-secretive voting. I mean, the list goes on and on. And when you read the, the initial report, you're thinking, wait, is this a country that's a candidate to enter the European Union that's partially done the accession process? Or are we talking about a country far, far away that has no, that has no contact with real democracy? The comments we received from individual observers, members of parliaments from the European uh, Parliament, were very critical towards the process. We saw a very critical tweet from the German Foreign Office, uh, which cast it out of the entire election uh, process and called for inv impartial investigation. And we saw now last week uh, in the European Parliament a very serious discussion and debate on the election results in Serbia, where all of our coalition sort of sister parties, including the liberal, social democrats and greens, um, outmaneuvered the EPP, which was against putting the question of Serbia uh, on, the, on, the, on the agenda of the European Parliament. Um, and we shouldn't forget that The, the SNS, the ruling party in Serbia, is an affiliate member of EPP. Well, allow me then, Nathan, to give a small contribution, a very modest contribution. But we talk a lot about narratives. I think you just mentioned two very important things that could be a help for Serbia and for the democratic forces in Serbia, which is exactly connection, a connection connecting what's happening in the United States, what's happening in Europe, and particularly for the European Union, what is the growth of the extreme right wing that could take a, a, a significant part of the European Parliament, what does that mean for the European Union project? What does it mean to have what is called the MAGA movement uh, leading, you know, the charge in politics and Republican politics and to connect that to Serbian electorate and say, hey, see how bad can it get? I think that's a, it's a great uh, uh, comparisons. And, you know, it's uh, it's also very interesting that uh, when we talk about when you talk about this MAGA movement in the United States and the, the rise of the far right, um, it's those far right entities that are also very close with the, the ruling majority in Serbia. You know, the one of the, the strategies of, of, of Mr. Vucic is trying to wait out everything, especially in, mm. when it comes to, say, Kosovo uh, issues, 
to wait out until the American elections are done and with their hopes that uh, Mr. Trump wins, wins the elections. They see an ally in Mr. Trump. They see an ally in that uh, part of the Republican Party. And uh, so, so for them, they know that Mr. Trump uh, is not going to care about democracy, the rule of law, the freedom of media in Serbia. Uh, so their strategy is let's wait this out, and it, it would be it would not be a good thing for 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 Serbia, for for us, for pro Europeans in Serbia and pro Democrats in Serbia, for Mr. Trump to to take the White House. We will lose then another partner in this uh, in this fight. And and when you look at the European Parliament, who was speaking um, in favor of what was happening in Serbia, the far right, the far right, the ones that are have the most sort of say uh, pro-Russian connections, same as the Serbian government, or those that represent the 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 thinkings of of, of Fides and and like-minded parties uh, in Europe, um, they were coming to Mr. Vucic's defense. So it means for these people that basic values, the values of democracy, the f- values of, of freedom, freedom of expression, freedom of media, and safeguarding those values apparently to them is, is not important. Well, uh, listen, Nathan, uh, again, let's end with the positive note. Uh, we do care about our Serbian friends. Um, the only thing I can say, and I think that I would speak for every member of our of our listeners, which is we're just hoping for the best for you, for your country, for your party, for your politics, for uh, also, as you mentioned just a minute ago, for the progress of Serbia to be part of the European Union family. So um, keep up the good fight. Don't don't let you know uh, that despair take over you. And you have friends outside of Serbia uh, if you need them. So. Uh, look, please come back and we continue this conversation. But for now, thank you so much for talking to me and being so candid. Thank you, Rick, as well. And, and, and hopefully uh, this will this will help in our in our fight to to get to to as many uh, ears and minds and, and people as possible. And I want to just to, just for the end to say uh, to offer my thanks to our liberal family, which immediately came to to our support and which would we with. Uh, whom we work very closely in the in the European Parliament and within member states, uh, and uh, the the solidarity uh, has been uh, has really been great. And uh, hopefully together we will really be able to to make the changes that that will benefit Serbia and and Europe at the end of the day. Perfect. Thank you, Nathan. To be continued. Thanks so much. This is all for now. I'll be back soon with more podcasts. You can always visit the website liberalforum.eu to know more about the activities of the European Liberal Forum. So until the next episode, let's keep making the world a better place. You are listening to the Liberal Europe podcast by the European Liberal Forum. This podcast was co-financed by the European Parliament.